If you have your Bibles with you, um, open up to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Look for Deuteronomy, it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. If you have the South Central Church app, you can open up and press the Bible and then up the top, just press it and you go to Deuteronomy. And it's all there. So it's worth getting the app. What I should do is actually go to the app and I'll get it to read it to us. Is it in my voice? No, seriously, the amount of time it takes to record the Bible is just a little bit much. Deuteronomy 30. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we thank you that you are an awesome God, and we just thank you that, Lord, a new year, a new day, new mercies, new grace, that they're fresh today. Lord, we just want to give ourselves to you. We want to dedicate this year into you. We pray, Lord, even now as we sit here, that your word will come alive to us. Lord, make the words that I speak be your words. Let them be words of life and power. Let them transform us. Let them make us like Jesus. Let your anointing flow in this place, we pray. We bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Dale sort of stole the start of my sermon with Back to the Future. But it was the year, 2015, was when they traveled to the future. And I was um, having a laugh at what was predicted Hoverboards? Anyone got their hoverboard? No, not yet. No, not yet? Okay. Flying cars. We all flew here this morning, yeah? No? Okay. Fingerprint entry into every home. Just put your pad on and it opens up. Welcome, Lord of the Manor. No? Okay. Everyone's still using keys? A justice system that can perform a trial complete with sentencing in 15 minutes. We haven't quite got that? No, okay. You know, cars rang on food scraps? Wouldn't that be cool? You know? You can do that. You just put them into your little compacty thing and there it goes. <laughs> what would your worms eat? <laughs> so cars run on worms. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> put the food scraps in and the, the worms sit in there and they got a little treadmill? <laughs> Meals were made by putting a small packet into a microwave. We're getting there. Yeah? <laughs> you can make your porridge that way. <laughs> Two-minute noodles. Except she put a thing in this big and it came out this big. <laughs> I do that. I put a potato in this big and it comes out all over the microwave. LAUGHTER Actually, I hate when you do it with eggs. Who done it with eggs? You know, you put the egg in, and, and the rule when you put an egg is, and you're supposed to put it on like medium or low power. If you forget the medium or low power, it's going to explode. And then it'll be all over the microwave. You've got plenty. Yeah? But with a new year comes new hopes, new dreams, new opportunities, but also new regrets. Regrets for those things that maybe we didn't see happen previously. You know, you go through New Year's resolutions and think, gee, they look very similar to last year's. Ever had that feeling? That deja vu of, hmm, didn't quite achieve that, didn't quite get there with that, didn't quite happen. 
Regrets that maybe we stepped out and didn't see the breakthrough that we're hoping to see in our lives. And so here, four days in the year, you've got a challenge. You can either live in the regrets of the past and mourn the year that's gone and another year older, another year on, another thing of maybe not stepping closer to what you dreamed your life would be like at this time. Or do you start out afresh and go, you know what? I got a clean slate, a chance to go forward. As I was going before God this week and not just this week, but really this week, and and saying, what do you want to say for this year? What are we really aiming for? What are we heading for this year as a church? And he really spoke to me about restoration. Now, I'm not talking about the restoration where there was a guy in, I think it was Bulgaria, I'm not sure where it was, where they found this, this painting of Jesus and um, it was all a bit messed up. And so this guy decided to restore it. And he was not an art restorer. He was probably about a grade five kin- you know, school level painter. And so he painted this picture. And everybody, this picture became famous because his restoration was so bad. That they came to see the, the, this painting because it was nothing like the original. It was a bit like putting a stick figure picture on this thing. And it was this famous painting of Jesus that had been destroyed. But that's not the sort of restoration that God's into. What God was talking about as we talked about restoration was he was saying, you know, you look at the past and you can see the good and you can see the bad. And everybody's got good and bad in their past. Everybody's got times where things were good. And we've got times where we feel like we've missed it or we were robbed or it didn't happen like we wanted it to happen. Maybe it's relationships that have fallen apart or didn't move forward when they should have. Financial pressures or just mistakes made because of, you know, difficult life situations. And I really sense that God was saying that the times where we've experienced disappointment, where we've experienced loss, we've experienced that at work wasn't quite hitting the mark, that he actually wants to restore those situations this year. That he is the God of restoration. He says in Isaiah to forget the former things, to let go of the past. It's really easy to carry things over. I always think it's hilarious when, well, not hilarious, but, you know, people come and and they sit down with you and and they say, look, we're planning on moving to another town or another place. You know, I've done it in job situations where you've sit down with people and doing part of the sort of coaching thing and, and they come and they say, you know, I'm thinking of changing jobs. And you start to dig deeper and deeper and, it's not that moving to another place or moving to another job is a bad thing. But as you unpack with some people, it's like, well, we're moving to another place because we want a fresh start. Yeah, okay. Well, and so you talk through the fresh start and you realize that what they're, they're thinking behind it is, I've messed everything up here. If I go over there, it'll all be better. Or I've just messed everything up in this job. If I go over there, everything's going to be better. But what they fail to realise is that when they go from here to there, they take themselves. 
And the only way it's going to be better is if they don't go. Because then the situation that's there will not be over there. Because the reality is that wherever we go, we go. And you carry with you the good, the bad, the ugly. You carry all your baggage. You carry all your stuff. Wherever you go, you're there. And you can't create a fresh start by just moving towns, moving cities, moving countries. Because the funny thing is that they end up, you see it time again, they move this place and it's great for about two weeks. Because the world is chaos and they're trying to settle in. But eventually they settle into life and they step back into doing the same old things and approaching life in the same old way they've always approached it before because they've got the same thinking, the same approach to life. And amazingly, they end up back in the same situation. Ever felt like that? Wherever you go, you take you. God says, I've got a better life for you. But he says, whatever has gone before, let go of it. Whether it's awesomely good, or terribly bad, or somewhere in between. He says, let go of it. Don't hold on to what was. You know what's really amazing? Is you can actually do absolutely nothing about 2014. 365 days of your life, you can make no difference on whatsoever. In fact, everything before this point, you can make no change on whatsoever. It's done. A wise man once said, the future is shaped by the past, so be careful what you do in the past. Because what you do now will shape your future, not what you've done previously. Think about that for a minute. What you've done previously has got you to where you are right now. And if you don't like where you are right now, and I don't mean here in church, as in you don't like who you are right now, you don't like your circumstances, your situation right now, you actually can't change that right now because it's done. But you can change where you're going to be in a year's time. You can change where you're going to be in five years' time. But what's amazing is that change doesn't start in a year's time. It starts now. You know, I've been talking about doing my master's for about five, six, ten years. You know what's amazing? If I'd started it ten years ago, I would have finished it about eight years ago. Isn't that crazy? Could have actually done my doctorate by now. But there was always an excuse. There was always a reason. You see, where I am right now is shaped by the decisions I made back then. 
Where you are right now has been shaped by the decisions you've made. But God says it's time to forget where you've been. It's time to forget the past, to let go of it. He says forget the former things. Forget the times when you failed and didn't break through. Forget the times where it didn't happen in your life. Because he goes on to say, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to do a new thing. If you will let me, I'm going to do a new thing. And too often we can sit here and go, well, if God's going to do it, he's going to do it. It doesn't matter what I think, say, do or anything else. That is not true. You see, just because God wills something doesn't mean it's going to happen. Now, before you want to stone me, think about it. The Bible says that God's will is that no one perishes and that no one goes to hell. And yet the reality is that people go to hell because they do not choose God. See, God's will doesn't always happen. When the Israelites, you know, wandering through the desert for the first time and and they came to the promised land and, you know, God said to them, go up and take the promised land. They sent the spies in. They came out. They said, oh, no, the people are too big. God's will was for them to go in and take the land at that time. But the people's will said, we are too afraid. We don't want to do it. And they missed out on what God wanted right then, had to wander the desert for another 40 years. Just because God willed it doesn't mean it's going to happen because your will can override God's will in your life. A little scary, that, isn't it? In fact, the Bible says that tradition and religion is more powerful than God's word. What stops God's word working? Tradition. We've always done it this way. And religion. Religion is, religion essentially is legalism. Yeah, well, don't we have religion? No, we have relationship with God. Religion is basically means to bind up. Do you know that? The word religion means to bind up, to restrict. That's why we don't get into religion, because religion says it has to be this way, this is how it is. Whereas God said, I'm into religion, I'm into relationship. When Jesus encountered the Pharisees, he encountered religion. That said, this is how we do it. And there was so much religion that added thousands of laws to the Bible that weren't even in there. That stopped people. And I was sharing with a couple of weeks ago. I'm sure we're talking about it, you know. Where if you, if you lived like 10 kilometers away from the church. So basically, anyone here live within 10 kilometers of here? Maybe a couple. All right. You are all, therefore, according to the Pharisaical law, have all committed a heinous sin this morning. Because you could no travel no more than about four kilometers on the Sabbath or on a church day. So if you lived more than four kilometers from the church, how did you get to church on Sunday? Because it was a heinous sin not to turn up. So you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. So they would get around this. and This is how ridiculous religion is in law. They would get around this by going, okay, I live eight kilometers away from the church. 
I have to be there. So what I would do is I would travel four kilometres where my friend Joe lives. And I will stop in and visit Joe on my way to church. And I'll have a cup of tea with Joe. Therefore, I'm not travelling eight kilometres to church. I'm only travelling four kilometres to Joe's. And after I've had my cup of tea with Joe, then I can travel to church. Because that's a different journey altogether. And this was the religious thinking that Jesus encountered. This is why he had a problem with the Pharisees. He says, what you're saying is you bring people to God and then you bind them up twice as much than when they were, before they came to God with all the laws and things that you try and put upon them. Because they were trying to embrace what went before. They weren't embracing what God wanted to do now. And that's why they struggled with Jesus. And we can be the same. We hold on to the past and we let the past bind us and dictate us and say, this is how I've always done it. This is how it's always been. It may not have worked out for me, but that's just how it is. And we hold on to it and we carry it over into every year and we carry it over into every year. And eventually it just binds us up so much that we too become religious and bound and held back. I'm not saying all traditions are bad. You know we have a tradition of taking communion together because that celebrates freedom. We have a tradition of meeting together. Sundays and connect groups and prayer meetings and other times because they build us up. Discipline can be a good thing to have disciplines and consistency in your life. But when they start to come before God and get in the way of God, when it becomes all about the tradition and the discipline rather than about God, then it binds up. But God says, forget the former things. Forget the things that you've just done all your life because you've done them. Forget those things that you've held on to that bind you up and restrict you and pull you down and stop you from being who God made you to be, that stop you from dreaming and having visions and reaching out to God and stepping into everything he has for you. Let go of it. It's the past. Yes, I know that person did that to you and that person said that about you and this happened and that happened, but God says to you, it's time to let go. Because it's not helping you to hold on to it. All it does is get you mad and get you upset and get you frustrated. And people say to me, oh, that's easy for you to say. No, it's not. I'm human too. I walk into my work. And I'm not always popular in my job. Because they ask me questions and I give them answers. And then I found out they didn't really want the answer. They were just asking the question because it said they should ask the question. You ever been in those situations? I'm that guy. I'm sorry, I thought you asked because you wanted to know. I have family. I love them. But I've got family. I'm not talking about my wife and kids. My family. You know what? I'm in church with you. 
I have people in my life. I remember I worked in banking. I thought it would be a brilliant job if there were no customers. <laughs> then I went into pastoring. It'd be a great job if there were no people. No, not really. <laughs> I work in training. That'd be fantastic if there were no people occasionally. Then I do management. It'd be great if there were no people involved. Because you know what? When you add people, you add stuff. Because everybody turns up with their baggage. Everybody turns up with their stuff. And we're okay with us having stuff, but we're not okay with someone else having stuff, are we? Because when, they, when we bring our stuff in, that's all right. Because it's our stuff and we're dealing with it. We're very forgiving with us. But when someone else comes in the conversation and they bring in their stuff, well, that's just not right. Ever felt like that? Because everybody's got their stuff. Everybody's got that hook inside their life. Everybody's got the times where they know they missed it or they got disappointments or things didn't work out how they wanted. We've all got that, haven't we? We've all got that, haven't we? But you know what? It's time to let it go. It's time to let it go and give it over. It's time to let it go. You've been carrying it for too long. And now is a great time to do it. How do you do it? You make a decision to forget the former things. Oh, it's not that easy. You don't know what happened to me. You don't know what happened to me. I can tell you horror stories all day long. Except I forgot them. And I can tell you people that have come in and sat down and they've poured out their hearts and you hear their stories and you think, man, how the heck are you still alive? And yet I can watch, watch these people and they make a decision to forget the former things and hand it over to God and say, it's yours. And they allow God to heal them. And that's what you've got to do. The key to forgetting the former things is you have to acknowledge them and then you have to let God deal with them. You can't just go, oh, it's all right, I'm going to bury it. Don't bury it. Give it to Jesus and let him heal you. And we have this this attitude that the world has put into us that it's going to take a long time and you've got to work through all this stuff. That's rubbish. You know how long it takes to get saved? Because it's not you. You cannot save yourself. No matter how hard you try to be good, and I've been trying for 44 years to be good, and I still get it wrong. I know it's hard to believe. For some of you. The rest of you are just nodding your heads. Yeah. You know, you're never, ever going to get it right. But to get saved, all you're going to do is say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. We watched the movie last night, God's Not Dead. Anyone seen that? Yeah. Go home. And if you haven't seen it, go home, download it. You can get it off. Big Pond have got it. I'm sure it's a whole lot of other places. God's Not Dead. Fantastic movie. And in this story, let me just give you the spoiler. But there's this guy who, who I mean, it's pretty obvious anyway it's going to happen, but, you know, this guy who is, he's in a philosophy lecture who is anti-God. 
And he starts his lecture by getting every student to sign a paper that said, God is dead. Sign it, get that, you get 30% of your grade automatically, and we don't have to discuss God. That's his approach. And at the end of the movie, well, towards the end, this guy is hit by a car. And he's lying on the pavement. This is a guy who he pretty all of his life has said, I hate God, and has taught in class saying, God is not dead. He doesn't exist. You don't want God in your life. Just forget all that. It's not a part of your world. And has ridiculed everyone who thought there was God. At the end of his life, his last dying breath is to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Because how long does it take to get saved? That's all it takes. And it's not by what he did. It's by what Jesus did. So why the heck are we carrying our old rubbish into our new life? Oh, but it happened since I got saved. So get rid of it. You don't have to carry it. Jesus said, I took up your burdens. He says, take them, lay them on me and take up my yoke, which is easy and light. You see, a yoke is a funny thing. It goes across your shoulders, and like when you've got two oxen, it goes across both oxen, right? And they pull together. It's the thing they use to plough the field. Jesus said, you take up my yoke. When you take up the yoke of Jesus, he's on the other side. You know what's really awesome about that is? He's stronger than you'll ever be. He does the work. He does the work. All you've got to do is keep in step with them. Hand over your burden. We've been carrying it for too long. This is a year of restoration. The things that you have lost, the things that have been broken, the things that have been stolen, the things that have been taken. I'm telling you right now, Jesus says if you get into step with him, he will restore them to you. He says restoration of what has been promised Restoration of what has been lost, restoration of what has been stolen, restoration of what has been missed, restoration of what has been longed for. That is what he is offering right now. But to get it, you've got to lay down your stuff. Don't believe me? Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let me give you three really quick steps as to how to get restoration in your life. All right? Because that's what God wants to do. Step number one, verse two. And you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice according to all that I command you today, you and your children with all your heart and with all your soul. Choose God's forgiveness. Point number one, choose to forgive yourself and allow God to forgive you. Because he's already done it. If he's already forgiven you, are you better than God that you can't forgive yourself? Are you higher than God that you cannot forgive yourself? Because he has already forgiven you. Not only for everything you've already done, but for everything you've got to do. Because you know you're going to mess it up again, right? I know you're close to perfect. In God, you're completely perfect. But forgive yourself and receive his forgiveness because he's already given it. He's done everything he is ever going to do to forgive you. For anything you've ever done and for anything you're ever going to do, he has already forgiven you. He did that over 2,000 years ago on the cross. 
In fact, he actually did that before that, before the foundation of the earth. He just demonstrated on the cross. So forgive yourself. Get over yourself. Get over you. You're not that important. Do you know that? God is more important than what you are. And if he's forgiven you, then why do you not forgive yourself? And while you're at it, forgive anyone else who's hurt you. They're not worth it either. They're not worth it. Why should they have that hold over you where you don't forgive them? So forgive them. Let it go, as Dale said last week. Let it go. Let it go. Are you getting this? Are you getting it? Let it go. Just forgive. Forgive yourself. Forgive them. And forget. Some people look at me and they go, I just can't do it. Yes, you can. You just have to make a choice. You have to make that choice. It is a conscious choice to say, you know what? Even if you don't feel it, don't go by your emotions. Go by the words that you speak. I choose to forgive them and forget the former things. I choose to let it go. That's all you've got to do. And when it comes up again, no, nope, that's gone. And when it comes up again, no, nope, that's gone. I've forgiven them. I've forgiven myself. And God's forgiven me and God's forgiven them. But they don't deserve it. Neither do you. You rotten, heinous sinner you once were. You don't deserve it either. Let it go. Don't let it have control over this year. Do not determine your 2015 by your 2014 or your 2013 or your 2012 or your 1955 or whatever it was. I wasn't around then, so, you know. Verse 14, second point. I've only got three of them. We're nearly there. I have no idea what the time is. I'll keep going. Verse 14. But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. First of all, you've got to forgive and let go. Second of all, you need to get God's word into your mouth and into your hearts. How does that work? It's really simple. You get the word of God and you speak it. It says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What you do is you get the South Central Church app and you actually turn that speaker on and you get the person to talk the word of God to you. Because faith comes by hearing. And when you're driving around, you plug it into your Bluetooth in your car. If you've got that, I don't have that. I just have it sitting next to me on my phone and have it playing. And you just have the word of God playing. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And then as you hear it, it gets into your heart. And even before it's down there, you've got to start to speak it. So you've got a choice. You can either say that person's a dirty, rotten, blah, 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 or you can speak the word of God and say they are forgiven, they are set free, and so am I. And you start to speak. Don't just start, continue, 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 and only speak the word of God. It's easy to, you've got to renew your mind. That's how you transform your life, Romans 12 says, is by renewing your mind. You renew your mind by what you put into it and by the words that you speak. 
the words you speak. And you don't, you can't one minute, James says, be going, God is great. The next moment going, you can't do that. That's not faith. That's not living the life of faith. Oh, but you don't know. I don't care. God knows. Stop putting in the world's rubbish. And start to speak the word of God. But I've been doing it for two weeks and nothing happens. You've been putting God's word in there for 10 years. I mean, you're putting the world's word, sorry, in there for 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, whatever it is. Of course, you've got to get it out and start putting the word of God in. I made the mistake this week of looking at news websites. I'm not doing that again. That's depressing. Do you know people die in a day? Like I looked at the thing and went, there is nothing on this whole page I want to read. It's absolute rubbish. And people pay to read it. I read the TV guide for this week. Yeah, there's nothing on. There's absolutely nothing on all week. And yet how many hours do we spend trolling through websites and looking at stuff on there and, and you know, watching TV in absolute rubbish? Putting all that rubbish in. Because you know what happens when you put rubbish in? It's not like the DeLorean and Back to the Future. Yeah, you put the rubbish in and the car goes. No, no, no. You put rubbish in, rubbish is going to come out. You're not happy with where your life is, stop putting rubbish in. Start putting the word of God in, but it gets boring. Get over yourself. You know what? How many hours you sit there watching TV and after two or three hours you get up and go, and you have no idea what you've just watched? It wasn't that exciting, really. I mean, my kitchen rules. How boring can you get? <laughs> Sorry, treading on the sacred ground there, I know. <laughs> the religious, my kitchen rules. Or my, you know, may you be delivered. <laughs> but seriously, it's absolute boring rubbish. Get God's word into you. Start speaking it. It'll start transforming your life. It'll start changing how you speak. And it says that when you start changing how you speak, it starts changing how your heart is. When you start changing how your heart is, it starts changing how you think. And when you start to change how you speak and how you think and how your heart is, God works in your life. It's actually one, it's his steps for success. It says to Joshua, you want to be successful? Another sermon this. Three things. He says, meditate on the word of God. Speak the word of God. Do the word of God. And you'll have success. That's God's formula for success. It's easy, isn't it? Just got to do it. Number three, verse 15 and 16. says, see, I've said before you today, life and good, death and evil. You'd think it'd be an easy choice, wouldn't it? Life and good, death and evil. No, we go and watch TV instead. I command you to walk in love, the Lord your God, walk in his ways and keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments. You may live and multiply. Lord your God will bless you in the land you go to possess. In other words, do what the word says. Don't just say it, but do it. You'll have success. In other words, choose to live God's way. It's not hard. 
If you're putting in the good stuff, it's actually easy to do the good stuff. If you're putting in the rubbish, it's actually difficult to do the rubbish. Yeah? Does that make sense? Works out, doesn't it? You know, if you ate donuts all the time, actually, no, Fruit Loops is a good one to choose. You know, if you eat Fruit Loops all the time, your poop will turn green. I'm told. If you ate Fruit Loops all the time, the amount of food colouring that's in Fruit Loops, your poop will turn green. You know why? Because you're putting rubbish in, so rubbish is going to come out. Yes, we're talking about poop in church. <laughs> it's the same. You put the good stuff in, the bad stuff, the good stuff will come out. You will act like God wants you to be when you put in his stuff. It's pretty logical, isn't it? Yeah? Let me, let me just do an illustration here to finish. I'm going to ask Rhea to come and help me. All right. Rhea, I want you to face that way. All right. I have here a coat. I'll put it on the floor. Now, I want you to imagine that I have come from somewhere that has never seen a coat in my life. You know, getting dressed this morning was a major feat. I had to be helped to get dressed because we just don't wear clothes. We wear little loincloths and, you know, grass skirts. And it was, I'm feeling a bit cold because where I come from is, you know, highly tropical and this is cold weather. And so I ring up Rhea, who obviously can't see me because she's on the phone. I don't know how to use a phone. I can't get dressed, but I can use a phone. And I ring up Rhea and I say, Rhea, I've got this coat here on the floor. Um, I think it's going to keep me warm, but I don't know how to put it on. Can you please give me instructions on how to put it on? All right, so... Just take me through this, Ria. I really need your help. Okay, so two holes. I want you to find the hole. No. <laughs> I want you to face it. Okay. Hey, you, need, you need a microphone so they can all hear. Okay. What colour is the jacket? It's black. Okay, find the black thing and pick it up and hold on to it. I want your thumbs, just like your grass skirt, there's, there's a seam. Hold on to the seam. You got it? Do you see two tube-like cylinders, shapes? Put one arm through that. Put one arm through the other one. Now take it back off and swap arms. <laughs> Is it covering your front or your back? <laughs> or your head? <laughs> your arm a bit. Take your leg out. And <laughs> take my leg out of what? <laughs> How's it? Okay. Have you got buttons or is there a zipper? Oh, buttons. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's like when you try and live life without God's word. When you try and live things holding on to the old way. See, I mean, approaching the situation, if I'd never seen a jacket, then I'm going to approach it in the way that I understand. Grass skirts. And when people say things about God, it doesn't make sense. 
But when you let go of your former things and you start to put the word of God in, when you start to read it, it starts to train. At first, it may feel like you're putting on a jacket back to front. But the more you do it, the more you understand it, the more it starts to transform your life, the more you understand how God does things. It doesn't happen straight away. It will feel like putting a jacket on with the buttons done up through your legs or something else. But as you read it, it will start to bring the restoration back into your life when you make a choice that this is how you're going to live. You've got to let go of the past and embrace what God has. Let's pray. Just while we've got our heads bowed and our eyes closed, it's a great time to really just give ourselves afresh to God. And maybe God's been a part of your life or he's new into your life, wherever you're at. It doesn't matter. But I don't want you to leave here today carrying all the old stuff that you've brought into this world. All the stuff that you bought from last year, you don't want to carry that into this year. I really encourage you to take a minute. We're going to sit here in silence. Just take a minute to just take all that stuff and just let it go. Just lay it at the cross. Hand it over to Jesus and say, you know what? I'm giving you all this stuff. Forgive those you need to forgive. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself.